Good afternoon, or good, should I say good evening? Welcome to the Sky Blue Tavern. Uh, I've been joined today by uh, Miles Cadden and uh, Danny S. White, who uh, are going to talk about Comedy City's game against Leamington. We've also got a Leamington fan, Ryan, who's going to join us and talk about his team and about the friendly coming up. We've also got um, a little insight about gambling later on. Uh, we're going to talk in depth with Danny about it. We're going to talk about clubs. Um, who have got gambling issues and gambling sponsorship in general. Uh, and then we're also going to go have a little insight about Coventry's trip to Spain, which I'm flying out to uh, next week. We're going to just talk a little bit about that as well. And then also, as a bonus, we've got uh, a bit of news about a competition we're going to be launching tomorrow, which is very exciting. So um, some good prizes you can win. So very good evening, uh, Miles. Yeah, good evening, guys. Um, let's bring in Ryan. Good evening, Ryan. Good evening. You all right, mate? Um, yeah, how are you? Tell us a bit about yourself now. How long have you been supporting Leamington? I've been going since around 2016, 2017, just before we got promoted um, yeah. to the National League North. And that was off, I think that was just the season before. And then we haven't got relegated since, even though we predicted to go down every season. Yeah. So how did you do last year? Where did you finish last year? Because I haven't really... I think, it, I think it was 15th, but it could be a little higher. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And do you travel to the away games as well? I went to one last season because um, they, there's usually just a minibus, but sometimes if they can't fill it, they won't take it. Right, oh, okay. Fair enough. And how um, how many players you signed this season? Have you changed the squad a lot? Or... I think we've signed two or three so far, so not too many. Are you, are you hopeful that for the new season coming up? If we can get a few more first-team players on board for next season, then, yeah, I think maybe top 12 at least. Yeah. And how do you see this friendly against Coventry going? I think I think they'll probably get battered. <laughs> 4-0. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be a good run-out, eh, won't it? I mean, it's going to be a good run-out. It'll be good for the fans to, to have a look at um, a local local team. I mean, you, have, you ever, have you seen Cobb play? Do you go ever, ever go to Cobb games? Um, I went to two last season, and I think I'm going to try and go to a few more this season because my mates are inviting me. So, oh, okay. Well, that's I want to try and get to Millwall away, but got to speak to players to get some tickets. <laughs> well, how much are the tickets incidentally for Leamington? What do they charge there now? What what sort of price? I think it's about twelve pound for an adult. Oh, right, okay. It's not too bad then. So, and then and what, did, the what, did the stadium, what does the stadium hold? What's the attendance? 5,000, I think the maximum can be. Yeah, and how many do you normally get? On a about six, 700. All right, OK. Well, that's then nice. you have about 30 of us just standing in a stand singing. All <laughs> oh, right, I see. So, yeah, well, you've got, you got your, uh, your vocal supporters as well, then. Yeah. Okay. Are you one of them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I've seen the ground come up from just a field to how it is now. And 
you've been following them for a short time. I mean, is there uh, any special occasion, any special match that's really um, stood out for you since your short following of the club? I mean, and it's a fantastic community club, isn't it? So, I mean, it, it's all family, family run and everyone gets on with each other. I mean, is there a special day that has really stuck out for you? Because I remember my, my special day was seeing my brother playing Colchester United in the first round of the FA Cup and they got beat 9-1. But yeah, yeah we, we got we got goal of the round, which was superb. So has there been anything like that for you? Um there's been a couple like we had against Nuneaton away and we beat them like two or three nil, I think. And that was a good good away game to go to. That was the season they got relegated. And then probably the Birmingham Senior Cup finals have been to three and we've won all three. So the bigger grounds. Yeah, you've had some good success over the last couple of years with that, haven't you? I mean, it's been superb, you know, a bit silverware in the old trophy cabinet again. And, um, yeah. I mean, um, with, 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 um, with the club itself, I mean, it, it's very well run now, isn't it? And your manager's been there for quite a while, hasn't he? I think it's 12 years. It's, I think it's something like six, 700 games now he's been in charge. Which is a long, long spell, isn't it? Yeah, for a manager these days. And you know, like I mean, what what made you go and follow Leamington? I mean, what what made you like choose Leamington, say, over a Coventry City or because a lot of people I know in Leamington go to Aston Villa, unfortunately, and watch them or Wolves. I mean, what made you go and what made you go and choose choose Leamington? Did you play Did you play for for their youth team or anything? Did you play when they had, you know, when they were doing the grassroots upwards? No, it was more that they were a local team and I just it was good to follow more the the lower levels of the football pyramid. And and I I, I hear that there's a new ground gonna be built. Is is that still going ahead? Well we're hoping it's been in process for about four years now and it's not actually got built yet. So we're just hoping because of COVID with all the money that the the club lost. We're just hoping that we can try and help with this game, but with all the tickets that have been sold, it's going to go towards the ground, hopefully. Yeah, because, I mean, when Coventry come, um, we the ticket gates cover virtually the whole season for bills and everything, doesn't it? Because of the amount of fans that we bring. I mean, I've, yeah. I've heard a rumour, and uh, I've heard a real big rumour about this, and someone's offered to buy me one to, um, on Saturday. That your hot dogs and burgers are <laughs> second to none. Is that right? They're the best ever in the country. Yeah, they're some of the best ones that you can get for quite quite a good price as well. <laughs> and then it's um so the the owners now are they are they still investing in the club? I mean, you, you've had a few cov cov players on loan and you've signed a few ex cov players. I mean, it's it, are they investing or are they, are they still looking for loans? I mean, even at a club at our size, we still look at loan players. I mean, do you rely on loan players and how did the Cov lads get on? Uh, yeah, we rely on a lot of loan players to come in and just help the club and just push up the table that, that couple months that they might be in the club. And the I think one of the Cov players that we had on loan, I think it was, uh, I forgot his name, we had him when we went to Concord away back here just before COVID, about a month before COVID. And he was really good. But he got sent off in like the 90th minute and we went to extra time down to 10 men. So 
didn't really help. Lost on penalties that day. And, and I mean, have you got a star player lately? I mean, have you got a star player? Because I, I know there was quite a few back in the day and um, the club's come a long way. I mean, is there someone that we, we need to look out for on Saturday? Is there someone that could give us a little bit of threat? Because I think the last couple of times we've played, you, you, you've scored at least one goal against us. I think it would probably be Dan Turner or Jack Edwards because Dan Turner was the top goal scorer last him about, I think, 12 or 13 goals in the end, including the injury that he's had, plus Jack Edwards, who had the injury, which uh, made us go, I think we didn't win a game in about 11 games from about November to January time. And then um, what, what sort of goal ratios have they scored over, over the last couple of seasons? Uh, Dan Turner, I think he's been with us a couple of seasons now, but he, his progress season was the season just gone with the 13 goals, where he's starting most games. Jack Edwards, I think, has been with us for a good seven or eight years now. He's just uh, he's the captain of the club, so he's just trying to push us, trying to get us up into the playoff places before he maybe moves on to a lower lower level. And and how how realistically do you think? you know, you could push them for those playoffs because I know you have been hanging in there. You've been in that league for a few years now. And Mark Robbins has said to us, in, you know, on the radio and that, he says that we, we've got to be an established championship side to, to move to that next level. How far do you think you could go this year? Probably say top half of the table this season. If we can just get a couple more loan players in from maybe you or Aston Villa, Clubs like that that are just going to allow to loan a few young players out to littler clubs. And, you know, I mean, how how far away do you think you are from progressing even further? Probably a good couple of seasons still, yeah, because we've got a few young players there, but then we're just selling a Colby Bishop a couple of years ago to Accrington. That uh, bubbles up a little bit because he was one of the star strikers. Then we had Josh March, who scored, I think, 20-odd goals in the first half of the season. And then he he got sold to Forest Green for an undisclosed fee that no one knows. Yeah, those undisclosed fees, we know all about that because every time we sell a player, it's an undisclosed fee. Yeah, we know what it was. Um, now, go, going on to travel, because uh, I know there's going to be a few Cobb fans listening to this. Um, if... if I mean, do people uh, have the opportunity? I hear that you run a bus uh, up to the ground so people don't have to park at the ground on Saturday. Um, where does the bus leave from and, and how often does it does it travel? I think it's this one that's a free bus shuttle service, which I think double-decker buses on Saturday. It's leaving from the train station, I think, every half an hour or so, or 15 minutes. I know after the game, I think it's about every half an hour it leaves from the ground. And, and what time does that start, do you know? I think it's about half 11, quarter past 11, because the game kicks off, I think, one o'clock. So the ground opens at quarter past 11, so. And are you expecting a good turnout for Leamington fans or just uh, Coventry fans? I think it'll be mostly Coventry fans, because I know I think we've got under 100 tickets available now. We've nearly got a sellout crowd. That's, that's going to be good for the old coffers for, for Leamington, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> really good. <laughs> I'll pass you back to Ken. So, Ken? Yeah, thanks very much. OK, Ryan, thanks very much. And, well, thanks for joining us tonight. And um, I want to wish you good luck, but uh, hopefully, you know, you, 
Yeah, it'll be a good game and we'll all enjoy it. There'll be plenty of goals. We always like those games when there's a lot of goals. Yeah. Um, but hopefully they'll have a big crowd and uh, the club will make plenty of money and uh, will benefit you in the long run, hopefully, um, throughout the season, which is which is all good. Um, I say I think it is about sellout now, isn't it? There's not many tickets left, if there is any. don't think there's many no. left. Um, so we're expecting a maximum crowd there. So uh, I just want to wish you good luck anyway and good luck for the season. And uh, hopefully you'll have a good, successful season like we hope to be. Cheers, Ryan. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thank you. Cheers, pal. OK, right. We're going to move on. Thank you very much, Ryan, for joining us. Uh, we're going to move on and talk about the uh, trip to Spain. Now, I'm looking enough. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> Miles is laughing because he can't go. <laughs> and Danny can't go either, unfortunately. But uh, I'm looking forward to making the trip out there. Um, we're playing Knott's Forest, which eventually was confirmed that we're playing Forest on the Friday. Uh, I know the squad are flying out on the Sunday. They're going to have a training camp. Uh, so they're going to be hot weather training, obviously, for a few days. And they're going to have the game on Friday. Um, do you think it's a good idea going out to Spain and doing that, Miles? Do you think um, it will be benefit the club? Yeah, it's a, it's a regular thing now. I mean, it's always nice to get away. I mean, I haven't had a holiday since Christmas and I can't wait till the middle of July and finally get away for a week. So I'm sure the players will be looking forward to it. I mean, the um, you know, to get out a bit of sunshine, there's nothing better, is there, than to... I mean, I remember when I was younger and getting out there and kicking a ball about in the sun. It's just, it's just good fun, and and I'm sure the lads, the lads will love it. And you know, it, it probably will acclimatise them as well, ready for when the season starts. Because don't forget, we're starting uh, 30th of July. Uh, well, uh, a couple of days after that, aren't we? Because we're away at Sunderland. But um, you know, they're starting sort of in the summer, so it will get them, get them ready for August and September when it's really warm. So. Yeah, that, 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 and and it just brings them all together. I mean, not not though they need any more bringing together because half of them went on holiday together this year. So every every time I was switching onto social media, you've probably had six or seven of the first team all on holiday with their family and kids. So you know, it's just a bit more bonding for them. And then if any more new players come in, it gives them chance to bond with the players as well. How about you, Dan? Do you think um, good idea going to Spain and getting a bit of hot weather? Weather training? Yeah, I think it's a it's a fantastic idea, really. Um, getting all the players together for a week um, over in Spain. Uh, like Miles said, it's a it's a bonding session for the for the players. Chance to get away, um, some sun, and yeah, we we've done it for the last couple of years or so, I believe. I mean, we're a, we're a championship club now, so a lot of championship clubs go on these these tours. I think. A lot of seasons really are based on a good pre-season. You see players which don't have good pre-seasons and all season they have niggles and things like that. So I think it's a fantastic fantastic that the club are investing in going to Spain and playing someone like Nottingham Forest. And I think we played, I think we played Seville, was it last year? Yeah, we did, yeah. Um, I remember losing to a Seville 3-0 and everyone yeah. panicking. panicking, having a meltdown. <laughs> and I think Seville finished third or fourth in La Liga. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. I think all the, all, all the players are 
loving this this first week or so. You see all the pictures on social media, and I think when they get over to um, Spain, I think it's just going to add to it. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Are you disappointed that there's no there's only one new signing? Will probably be making the trip so far. No, not really. I think, like I said, I think Robbins Robbins has got his got his targets. We've missed out on two targets, and to me. The two we missed out on were fantastic. They would have been fantastic acquisitions. We proved the sort of signings we're going for. Clark Salter went to QPR, yeah. probably because of location. Um, the lad from Man City mm. obviously went to Burnley because of uh, Vincent Company. Again, you can't really, you can't really argue. Really, can't compete with that. Um, I think Robbins wants the right signings. I've, you see all these clubs signing, I think it's Cardiff, seven or eight players. To me, they're just panic signings to get numbers up. I think Robbins wants the right players through the door. Um, the transfer window doesn't actually close until the 1st of September. Um, and I think players' contracts actually end today. So, no, I've got no... I'm not worried at all. I think he, we could even make a sign-in and they might join us. I remember a few seasons ago, I think it was a while ago, nobody knew about Clinton Morrison and then all of a sudden he joined us over in a, um, a trip when we were abroad. So it'd be nice to get them on the plane over to Spain, but there'll be deals going on all the time. So, no, I'm not I'm not worried in the slightest. Yeah. Uh, how about Palmer, the one we have signed? Do you, do you rate him? Um, I haven't seen a hell of a lot from him, but... All of the sort of comments and the hype about him when he was a kid and when he was playing with Dabo. And I think it's going to help that. He, he, I think he did work with AD. He did work yeah. with Dabo. Um, AD probably can get the best out of him. Um, I think Bristol paid a couple of years ago three and a half million quid for him. So I, I believe he'll be, he'll be good for us. He obviously needs... Pre-season, I think there was someone was saying today he was injured already, but he, he was in the pre-season pictures for what I could see today on social media. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be a bit of a slow process for him. I think he'll need to get up to speed because I don't think he he played that many games last season. Uh, but he's exactly the player we need to sort of um, help O'Hare out. He's a, he's like a, a number ten. I don't think he's. He's going to be brilliant every single game, but from what I can see on some of the clips and some of the, the comments, he's got that sort of magical pass on him at times. And all you need is someone to do that a couple of times and score a few goals, and it can be a, be a good signing for him. And with O'Hare as well, being able to get a little bit of rest and things like that, he'll be able to come on and impact the games more because the problem of the last season is O'Hare was literally playing every single game so it's going to benefit O'Hare as well I think he might rotate both players or play them both in the same team but yeah. I think he's a he's a good signing but I think it will take him a, a good couple of months to adjust How about you Miles how do you think um, our game against Notts Forest will go and yeah I mean Forest for, for Forest, Forest, thorn in our side, really. I mean, uh, you've only got to look at last season, but um, I think they, they, they're going to be 
sort of uh, not as strong probably as, as they were last season at the start of this season, and especially in the pre-season, they'll, they'll be just settling in. But I mean, um, it's going to be a good little run out for them. They're going to, you know, going to enjoy it, and it's just it's all about getting the fitness up. It doesn't. I don't think pre-season really matters how how the results go. I know. I know some people think that pre-season, if you have a good pre-season, you carry it through to the, the, the season that you're going into. But that's not always the case. I think last season we, we didn't have. A, I don't think we won one. Uh, was it one? Uh, what, yeah, and then it, and yeah, that was it. One one pre-season game, and yet look at the season we had. And I think it was the same when we won league. You know, when we won league one, I think mm. the pre-season it was just as bad. So. I mean, pre-season is all about the fitness, uh, players getting to know each other, how they play. Um, and, you know, we, we've just got to trust in what we've got. And I think that the key thing is for me is that, yeah, OK, we haven't signed any, uh, many people who signed one player. But the key thing to me is there's so many rumours flying around about other players going to be leaving. Where are they? They're still here. They're promoting the new kit, you know. The kits have just come out and every single player that everyone's on about this leaving is still here and still promoting that kit. So something says to me that if, if they're out there and they're promoting the kit, something says to me they're trying all in their power to, to keep hold of the team together. And it, it's like, I remember uh, watching a, a, a piece on Sky Sports News once about Premier League teams that if you keep the core of your team together, you'll go on and succeed and you will go on to better things. And it's it's like with England as well. You keep the same England team together. All they will do is they'll grow, grow in strength. And each year as they go along, because they're stuck together, they will just progress. And I think the key is that we keep hold of what we've got and add to the team slowly. Yes, we're frustrated. We missed out on a couple of players. You know, as Mark Robbins said on the radio every day, you can't move London to Coventry or you can't move Coventry to London to get, you know, Jake Clark Salter. Yeah, it would have been a great signing to keep hold of him. Left-sided centre-back, which is what we need. We don't need another right-sided centre-back because we've got three of them with McFadden, Rose and, and Hyam, you know, and we don't need that. We need someone who's naturally left-footed. Uh, Bidwell can slot into there, so happy days. Um, but the key to me is, is keeping who we've got. I... None of us want to see the big players go. If big money comes in for them, happy days, take it because they've only cost a million or they've only cost 750,000 or they've cost one and a half million like Hamer. You know, so, so you, you snatch your hand off. But um, going on to Casey Palmer, again, I, I, I'll, I'll go to what Robin said. There's a premiership player in there and he's got to find a way of getting that premiership player out of that lad. And probably like Dan, Danny said, uh, Ad Vidas is probably the man to do that, um, and you know, there's a, you've got to take time with him, like Danny said as well. It's not just going to come overnight. I mean, look at Sheaf, first season with us, it was behind closed doors. Last season, first 12 games, everyone was on his back and said how rubbish he was. All of a sudden, after 13 games, he was everyone's probably favourite player in the centre of the park. So, you know, the lad's going to take time, and probably the first 10 games. He's probably just going to come on as a sub just to get his fitness levels up because he hasn't had the game time. It hasn't worked out at Bristol City with Nigel Pearson and everyone else. It's obviously something isn't quite right there. And maybe Bristol didn't play the style of football that we play 
that he will probably flourish under. I mean, I've seen loads of clips of him and some of the balls he plays. It, it, is, it is superb. And we, it's like with Hamer, all we're seeing of Hamer was YouTube clips. And look at him when he arrived. His passing was just phenomenal. And I think probably the same thing is going to happen with Casey Palmer. And we've just got to be patient. Um, we're selling a record number of football shirts. Hopefully, that money goes into keeping the players that we've got. And then they've got a season ticket money then to bring in players. And I just think we need to keep the core of the team together. If it takes another year, it takes another year. It takes another two years. If you only had two or three players this season and you finish mid-table again, fair play. But keep the players together, then add another three players and maybe do it the following year. That's how I see it, you know, basically what, what, what it's going to be this season. Um, ADV Bash, um, just signed a new contract um, today. Great news, isn't it, for the club? So it shows that uh, we want to keep him and we're going to go forward. Yeah, I mean, having AD back on board still for an extended period, I mean, it's good to have that management team that uh, glued to the hip. Yeah, glued to the hip. You know, it's so like a best friends. You know, when you've got a best friend, you stay together and your best friends for life, or you know, things like that. And AD, AD and Robbins, they're working in harmony. You can see it on the touchline. AD loves it. AD is the angry man. Robbins is the calm man. Although there was a couple of occasions Robin lost this part of it last season, which is nice to see. But I mean, I wouldn't like to walk down a dark alley with Aidy Vardas now when he's in a mood after losing. I think that guy around the pitch got uh, Paul Flair in didn't he? That guy. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Uh, he did a wrestling. Uh, did a wrestling arm on him, didn't he? That fan that ran on the pitch. So yeah, I wouldn't like to mess with Aidy. But yeah, fantastic. I mean, may, maybe the sale of the. Uh, Goalie away shirts paid for ages, wages for the season. I was going to talk to you quickly about the shirts because uh, we've got a competition which I'll give you details of coming up very soon. Um, I'll give you details before the end of the pod. Um, the new shirt, more than happy with them. I know you are. Uh, and, and the purple shirt come out this week. Think about that. All I can say is that, <laughs> I mean, Hummel, I mean, what, what, you can't knock it. Knock it. I mean, they've, they've, their uh, marketing department's just smashed it this season. I mean, having a, uh, a shirt that was around for, for five or six years back in the 70s and 80s. It was my first shirt back in 1980, um, the tram lines. And then uh, purple shirt, well, it's just, uh, it's magical. Absolutely magical. I mean, it is just phenomenal i mean you could you could copy the home shirt and change the color of it but the marketing's that clever it goes right we'll have a home shirt that everyone wants to buy we won't set, do the same shirt and we'll do something different that everyone's going to go i've got to have it and then the goalkeeper shirts i mean I, i've never bought a goalkeeper shirt in my life and this year i will be buying a goalkeeper shirt i, I won't buy the white one i'll buy the uh, the, the black one because I like the sleeves that represent the stained glass window more because of the colours of the cathedral and to, to do something where there's a celebration in the city of such an iconic building of the Coventry Cathedral 
the rising of the phoenix from the flames when the old cathedral got bombed they built the new cathedral and for coventry city to get that in in the shirt to bring you'll probably have people buying the shirt just because it represents something so special to our city and i'm dreading the training kit now i've just literally this year i mean i've got over 30, um, 60 60 odd shirts in my loft there's going to be another seven added to that this season with all the shirts are coming out and then uh, i've just cleared my wardrobe out yesterday to put some more in the loft so oh, i don't know what i'm gonna do it's just forget having a mortgage on a house it's just gonna buy shirts that's it this year how do you think about the what do you think about the kits I know you're a big uh, yeah, fan of them as well, aren't you? Absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Um, I think he's going to bankrupt me soon. Um, uh, <laughs> my partner's going absolutely crazy at the moment. I spent £100 on the first two. Probably going to be another £100 on the, the next two. And then there's going to be a third kit coming out as well. So that's probably going to be another goalkeeper's top as well. So that's over £300. Um, yes. We've actually got more shirts than we've made signings at the moment, which is quite <laughs> quite <laughs> funny. Uh, but no, you, to be honest, the design on the shirts, you can't really fault it, to be honest. I mean, the, the whole concept behind the cathedral is, is really, really good. Um, with, this, with the stained glass windows on, on the shirts and the, 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 the one today, the goalkeeper top, I'd seen a couple of potential concept kits but I'd never thought that was going to be the, the kit um, but it's absolutely unbelievable um, the, the sales of the kits like you, you can't even get a, the goalkeeper top sold out already I think the the home uh, goalkeeper top the sales a couple of weeks ago were over a thousand percent more than last season the, the whole buzz of the, the club um, it's just, it really is out of control at the moment. There's so many things have been, so many kits are being sold. Um, just hoping that they uh, reinvest this money in a few signings for us. But from the from the years ago when we had, I think, Puma and just the old sort of template kits and things like that, to um, the kits we're getting now and even club even other fans from other clubs are saying how good our kits are and I, I just think what my favorite probably is i don't know it probably is the purple one at the moment but mm. you, you can't really fault any of the kits whatsoever and these kits are just gonna just make hopefully make us a fortune and hopefully uh get us some new signings in yeah i love them i love the kits myself to be fair i think they're fantastic I still remember the old one back in the well, the old Ian Wallace Smith Ferguson one that reminds me of in the in the late seventies, early eighties, which was sort of when the time I sort of started sporting Carl and uh, I do remember the kit. Um, and of course, he had the chocolate, famous chocolate brown one, Miles, didn't they? Of course, which uh, we all um, we all liked. And uh, Miles was hoping that the chocolate brown one would come back out, but maybe you know, maybe next season the chocolate brown. I don't know. Uh, what do you think, chocolate? Um, I'll go chocolate brown all day, yeah, bring it on. I mean, it's, um, I, I just wish I could fit in my original one. <laughs> I'd have to think a lot more to get into that one now. But, um, yeah, I mean, go, going on to the kits, I mean, the purple one, it just, um, 
that that particular shirt, ninety five, ninety six. I've I've got a, an original player's shirt, um, long sleeve pony shirt uh, with Isaiah's on the back, and he signed it for me. Uh, gave it to me personally, and um, I don't think anyone could snatch it off my hand unless they wanted to offer me a million pound for it. And uh, he was the first Brazilian to play in the Premier League. And um, the best thing about that shirt is that it's long sleeve, and I like the way the the pony signs went all the way down the sleeve. Probably the only downside to the uh, and it's, it's a small criticism, but I wish the Chef ones went all the way down the sleeve. That would have been lovely, and then I probably would have ordered a long sleeve one. Not just two chevrons at the top. You put, you put the I, I would have done if the chevrons went all the way down. Yeah. If, if the chevrons went all the way down the sleeve, I think it would just look even more special yeah. um, because that that little pattern going down just gives it a little bit more dynamic. But um, yeah, it's it's oh, it's just you know if we could afford to. I'm just as I say the brown kit. It'd be nice if it's a third third kit, but I've, I've heard rumours. Um, but it's not going to be that. But uh, maybe next year the brown one, because so many people remember the brown one, and um, I think that would just that probably would have put the icing on the cake. But then again, as I said, if the marketing team just copied the blue one and put it in brown, they probably wouldn't sell as many shirts. The way they've done it is very, very clever, and it's just as soon as the picture come out, you went, "I've got to buy it," and you, and then they said, "Oh, it was." going to go on sale at four o'clock this afternoon, the purple one, and it went on sale at midday online. So, you know, straight on there ordering it. I just wish I'd ordered the goalkeeper one as well, to be honest, the black one. Um, I'm regretting not getting that one now, to be fair, but um, I'll get it next time it's around. But um, yeah, Kits is, is just phenomenal. Hummel, we've got another four years, I think, with Hummel. So there's a lot of magical things to come for it. And uh, just really looking forward to the training kit. And then every time I go to the ground, I'll walk out with something. So whatever they're doing right, they're doing it properly. And we haven't had it for a long time. Like Dan said about when we had Nike, I mean, the year we got relegated, we wore white, really. It had a couple of blue little lines on it, faded at the bottom. Kit, they? Yeah, any Sunday league any yeah. Sunday league team could buy it. No, no, nothing in it. No, no thought, no, no enthusiasm, no imagination. It was like, oh, yeah, we'll go with that one. Nike went, what about this one? Yeah, we'll go with that one. Oh, yeah, we'll go with that one. And it just didn't work. And I think it, when going back to the Puma days, I think the only one that was nice was the red and black one. That that, that was probably the best Puma one. So, um, yeah. you know, oh, and they brought out the anniversary FA Cup shirt. That was nice. Oh, and then they brought out an anniversary brown one. That, that was pretty cool. But, you know, these, every year the kits come out, you've just gone, I want it. And um, I mean, these these have topped off the two tone one, and the two tone one sold worldwide. So goodness knows how many of these they're going to sell. I'd, I'd love to know the figures, but you know, you, I don't think we'll ever know. Yeah, well, kits and you know they're they're all fantastic, and and Hummel I think are brilliant as well because they did they're doing the design department at Hummel one. You know, uh, congratulations I think as well because some of the designs have come out with the been fantastic and not not just not just for country fans but obviously um i think football fans in general like our kits but i've been a lot of fans that don't even support country have commented how um how good our kits are now talking of kits uh i'll give you a bit of news about our competition which we're going to launch tomorrow which involves uh, uh a sky blues kit um well not kit a top 
the new CompuCity Hummel home top is the prize. Uh, that, and you can choose, obviously, the size of your choice. Um, we've, got two, we've got three prizes altogether. The second prize is going to be a, a £25 bar tab here at Skybury Tavern. Uh, and then the third prize, we're going to uh, chuck in the Skybury Fans TV mug. Um, so there's three prizes to be won. Competition is going to be launched tomorrow, and it's going to run for two weeks. because so It's going to end on the 17th of July, Sunday the 17th of July. So you've got plenty of time to uh, get your entries in. Uh, now you can enter via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, or you can send us an email on skybluefanstv at gmail.com. Um, I'll give you the question now. Uh, it's going to be released tomorrow anyway, but I'll give you the question now so you can, anybody's listening, they're probably listening tomorrow, but anyway. The question is, our new signing, Casey Palmer, is an inter current international for which country? So Casey Palmer is a Hands are going up. Is a current international for which country is the uh, question. Uh, and all you need to do basically is like our pages on wherever you enter in Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And also follow uh, the Skybrew Tavern and like their pages as well to enter. Now, entrance must be over the age of 18, obviously, because there's a drink drinks package as well on offer for second prize. So you must be over 18 to enter. Um, and uh, Good luck, that's all I can say, basically. So that will be launched tomorrow. Um, you'll see it on all the socials. It will be also on the Skybrew Tavern social media platforms as well. Uh, and it'll be a great chance for someone to win a new kit in time for maybe their holiday and when the kids break up soon. So uh, you can, but you've got to be 18, obviously, 20 and get your parents to enter if you want to try and win the top. Um, so that's that's a question. One more time, I'll give you the question. Casey Palmer. Um, the company's new signing is a current international for which um, for which team, basically. Nice and easy question. I'm sure you can find it on uh, on Google or whatever. Okay, that's that out of the way. Uh, we're going to move on now to uh, serious matters, basically. Um, we're going to talk about gambling in sport. Um, astonishing, really, some of the uh, some of the figures uh, that we've been given. I mean, 60% of Premiership clubs and Championship clubs are sponsored by a gambling company. Uh, that's a shocking amount of uh, teams, really, when you look at it. And, and to be honest, there might even be more next season. There might be more, more come up that we don't know about. But the latest figures were 60% of the Premier League and Championship clubs are sponsored by a gambling company. Um, we're going to speak with Danny in, 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 very shortly about, about gambling in general. We're going to go to Moles first. What's your thoughts about gambling companies being involved in football and do you think it's a bad idea a good idea where, where, are, you, where are you sitting on that well obviously they've got um, more money than uh, anybody else out there because of um, the monopoly that they have in the marketplace but um, I mean I, I, I have the odd flutter every now and again on a couple of games I don't, I don't £52 at a time. But I, I just think that it, it's, it's just getting too big now. I mean, as you say, over 60% Premier League and uh, lower leagues sponsored by gambling companies. And I think when, when you've got that on a shirt, it, it, it's just um, doing temptation for everybody. You know, they're seeing it, they're, they're, they see all, all what's, you know, 
we are boil sports what's boil sports or gambling or let's try and go on there they do special promotions on all the different uh, web websites and on television you see it put a 10 pound acker on and you get 10 pound back if you lose or you know things like that and i mean i i, I read a story um i read a story the other day about um it was on twitter some father put uh, a post up about uh, a cough and um, his young lad uh, approached him and said oh um that on your shirt that that's that's a betting company can can you put 10 pound on coventry to to get promoted next season and his dad said well how do you know that he said well because it's on your shirt and 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 i know that that's a betting site um so you know it, it's it's spreading down even though the kids don't have it on their shirt it, it, it's still getting the message out to anybody um and you know it, it, it goes back to the old days with formula one and things snooker and that where they had cigarette advertising you know you had ferrari with marlboro you had the snooker championship with the embassy snooker championship that all got cut out and and, it, and it, it's worked really well but now snooker is even sponsored by betting companies as well when you look at that and i, I just think it's it's going a little bit too far now i mean it, you know even though you know uh it's sky bet championship you know on your sleeves of your shirts it's sky bet championship although the kids when they have theirs on they don't have it on it's it's like it's blank or something if i remember right and even when you're playing a video game fifa and and uh, you know pro evo and that they've got the advertising on the shirt so even though kids if they don't see it on a shirt they're playing fifa and in the fifa game because they're official kits they've got the sponsor on the kits and they see it very clearly because when they score the camera goes in on them and they, and they see the advertising so it isn't just about on the football shirts it's about ev everywhere um and no matter what you do and um yeah, it is a bit of a temptation. Um, it is out there. Um, I, I, I just wish that if, if clubs are going to advertise and be sponsored by these big, big companies, and I know how much it costs because I, I, I've got connections with someone that used to sponsor Coventry and they couldn't afford to, to sponsor it in the championship because it was something like a, a million pound a year for a sponsor or a million half for two years, something like that in that region. So, you know, it was, it, it, it just, they're the ones that have got the money. And I, I think that if, if it's going to carry on, which um, I hope it doesn't, but if it does, I believe that I, I wish they could give the fans the choice of, of taking the advertising off the shirt when you go and buy your shirt. Then that, get, that gives it a bit more of a balance for people because I know a lot of people out there wouldn't like to just keep walking around advertising a betting company and when you look at our shirt it's literally directly in the middle and it is very very prominent do, do you think um clubs will survive though if, if if the gambling i mean i know probably next season or the season after the government are trying to um push through you know recommendations that, that all, all clubs will stop advertising gambling companies and do, do you think can you see that effect, especially the lower league clubs? Can you can you think that 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 will will, will the clubs basically be able to replace them with another sponsor? Well, I, th I think I think a lot of clubs would be able to survive. I think I mean when you when you look at it this year with us, I mean our shirts. I mean 
personally myself, uh, if the home shirt didn't have the sponsor on, I think we probably would have sold more shirts because I think the sponsor spoils it. But lower clubs, there's other companies out there that, that will sponsor, you know, the teams. It's like when we were in the lower leagues, we had all stop and all stop, and then we had yeah. then we had um, the the printing company. They sponsored us. So there are smaller companies out there that will sponsor these small smaller teams. I mean, yeah, they've got big money, but you, you've got car manufacturers. You know, you, you could have a car manufacturer on the shirts. When you look at in in the Bundesliga, there's a lot of uh, clubs in the Bundesliga sponsored by VW, yeah. Audi, Mercedes. And we used to have Peugeot, Isuzu, Subaru. So there are other ways of doing it. I think maybe clubs think it's an easy sponsor. They haven't got to go and work. Like I remember back in the day when we were at Highfield Road, they had a person that rang around to get advertising for the club. Clubs probably don't have that anymore. Clubs probably have companies approaching them direct to get a sponsor. And it's easy money. I think it's 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 easy money. A company like a betting company go, I'll sponsor you, I'll sponsor Birmingham, I'll sponsor you, and I'll give you this amount. They haven't got to employ someone to go out and get advertising and, and to try and get something different. I mean, you imagine us if we had Com- if Coventry Building Society Arena, or Coventry City Football Club, you imagine if we had Coventry Building Society Arena on yeah, or Coventry Building Society on our shirt. With Lady Godiva in the middle of the shirt and our cob badge. I mean, what better partnership could you get than that? And and I'm not being funny. If they can afford to sponsor a stadium, which isn't going to get as much televisation as what our football club's going to get, surely it would make sense for a local company like Coventry Building Society to sponsor a local team. And that's probably where clubs need to go, especially small clubs. Um, Leamington, they've got uh, is it, uh, Leamington Building Suppliers. Um, they've got them as a sponsor. So, like we had Allsop and Allsop, they're a local company because we're in the lower leagues. Yeah. So, when you're in the lower leagues, these local companies can afford it. But when you go up to that championship, I remember having a conversation and the money just, it triples. So, what it costs you for three years in, in, in League One, League Two, it absolutely tripled or quadrupled in price because you've gone up to the championship. Because the competition's more, because you've got these betting companies wanting to bet with you. I mean, we've got Stoke, uh, Bet365, we've got Birmingham, Boyle Sports, Stadium Rights, Bet365, not the Britannia Stadium anymore. You know, it's, I I believe it's just getting a little bit too much now and and I, I, I personally think it, it's just it's just going going too far. The, the bar is going too high, and it's an e- it's an easy way of making money. They're not having to work to get a sponsorship. Them sponsors are coming to them because they've got the money. And I, I personally, I think uh, a lot of clubs need to stick locally and um, you know get local businesses on board. And for me, even Jaguar Land Rover, you know Jaguar. You imagine having the Jag sign, you know. Coventry-based car that moved down from Blackpool all those years ago and now, you know, has been based in Coventry for over 50 years or 60 years nearly and having a Jaguar, you know, a Jaguar on the front of the, on the, front of the shirt. I just think that it's too easy for clubs just to say, yeah, I'll, I'll have it. Why not? It's easy money because they're approaching them. And if 
should be that option, I think, of um, having the shirts without the sponsor on, which they haven't at the moment, have they? When we buy our shirts, obviously, we're walking around advertising for them. Whereas if we're paying £50 a shirt, I think, really, you should have the right then to buy a shirt without the advertising on. Because you're advertising. Mm-hmm. You know, OK, the club can play with the advertising on the pitch. That's fine. That's what they pay for. But supporters, as we, we're paying £50 for the shirt, then we, we should have the right, really, to to um, to have a shirt with no advertising if we want one. You know, if we don't like the advertising on there. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think that's the way they should go. Um, I don't know what you think about that. I mean, but I agree. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, as I say, I, I think we'd probably sell a lot more shirts, um, to be honest, because yeah. I, I, truthfully, and as I've said just now, I believe that it spoils the shirt, yeah. especially the home shirt, I think. Yes, we were the first team or one of the first teams to have advertising, but it wasn't, this is, you know, back in the 80s, we had Talbot. That was down to Jimmy Hill, but that was a car. You know, Talbot was a car. Car yeah. is different. It's, it's a different kettle of fish. With gambling, you're gambling with people's lives and money. And, you know, as we're going to hear very shortly from someone, uh, Danny, who's, you know, who's been in that situation, I, I believe it's too much of a temptation. And it really is a temptation. And I, I do believe that, yes, they, they, they uh, pay for a sponsor, but really fans should have the choice of saying, I want it with yeah. or without. And there's no harm in having all the shirts in the shop with no advertising on because they print they print off names and numbers on your shirt. What's stopping you going there and saying, right, it's on the shelf about the advertising. Do I want it like the players and have it with the advertising? Yeah. Okay, can you print me the advertising? It wouldn't cost them any more money. It just makes it more better for the fan to give them more of a choice. Train, training kits, you don't have advertising on the training kit. What's the difference? You know, you don't have advertising on the training kit. So why, why should you not have the choice of having a, a home kit, away kit, or whatever, without the advertising on? Surely, if this is what bugs you, it's like you know they 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 sponsor a club. If they're going to sponsor a club, surely they have it on everything, but they don't. Look at England. England don't have a sponsor on the shirt. I remember Ireland and that used to have Vauxhall on theirs. Uh, we have it on the training kit, England, but then that's a mobile phone company or it's BT or someone like that. Then yeah. England have never had a gambling company on it. No. So, you know, if it's not on the training kit, we should have the decision whether to have yeah. it on the kit itself or without. Well, that's fair enough. I probably agree with everything you said then, and I'm sure Danny agrees as well. We're going to move on to Danny now. Um, we're going to speak to Danny, who's part of our team here at Sky Blue Fans TV. And uh, he's got a story, basically, um, of, of his life of gambling. And, and we're going to go, go to him now and uh, ask him a few questions about how gambling affect him, affected him and his life and, and where it went wrong and how he turned it around. So, so Dan, thanks for agreeing to uh, join us. No problem. And talk about this. It's quite a serious subject. So, so tell us... Where did it start to go wrong for you with gambling and, and how old were you then? How, how long ago was it? So I, I, I first started gambling um, probably when I was about 13, 14 um, in sort of arcades when I went to um, Cornwall. 
um, St. Ives in Cornwall with my um, parents. I'd sort of be on the uh, two pound, two P push offs and watch my dad on the one arm bandits, ironically named one arm bandits. <laughs> um, and he'd let me have, he'd let me have a go on the machine and things like that. Um, and then we just basically stop in the arcades for most of the holiday and at night we'd go for a few drinks and again my dad would go on the machine and let us press the uh, the buttons and things like that so it sort of started like that with um, arcades and um, fruit machines and then the main thing really was what's called the um, the fixed stop terminals in the um, bookies so basically when you went in there it was like you're playing like things like roulette um, you'd put like 10, 20 pounds in the machine and within literally 20 seconds you've lost a lot um, or you would I don't know, you'd get up to a, a silly amount a silly amount like 100 and, 105 pounds but you you wanted it dead on 100 pounds so you, if you lost a little bit more you would carry on and before you know it you've, you've lost a lot but the, the main thing really, which was the, the issue with gambling, was sort of online. Um, because when you're someone of, of my age, the, when you went to the bookies, they used to close it, used to open at, say, like 10 o'clock in the morning and close at five. And if you lost, a, I don't know, if you were silly like me and lost something like £250 in a day, you couldn't get any more money out of the bank. Mm. But now... When you were gambling online, you could literally gamble as much as you want. Um, so I remember the first time I discovered online gambling, um, I I just couldn't believe how I could gamble in my in my living room, in my bedroom, um, and I literally spent seven days, almost 24 hours a day gambling, losing in the region, well spending in the region of a thousand pounds. Um, and also winning probably 950 quid. This was in the space of a week, just literally gambling non-stop. Um, so then it just spiralled in terms of different um, online um, bookmakers. So I joined a different um, bookmaker. Um, when I lost a bit of money or I couldn't be bothered anymore, I'd self-exclude with one bookmaker open it with another one, um, win a little bit, lose a little bit, um, self-exclude, then go to another bookmaker. Um, and then it got to a stage basically where um, the money I was getting in um, on a daily, on a monthly basis um, wasn't covering my bills at the end of the month. And just to sort of bring it into context, um, I got myself into in the region of over ten thousand pounds worth of debt, um, and with over thirteen payday loan companies um, through gambling, um, just basically gambling on anything. I'd basically gamble on a fly. I was about to say, what were you gambling on? I'd, I'd, I'd gamble on mainly on things like tennis, yeah. football, volleyball, basketball. Um, so basically I would gamble on a fly running up a wall um, so I'd just literally gamble on completely everything 
Um, I was getting payday loans to um, pay my debts off. And then obviously what I was getting in wasn't covering um, my payday loans. So that's when I then had to seek um, help. I had to go to um, a company called Step Change, who were like a debt charity. Um, they basically asked what my debts were. Um, I then had to uh, give them um, a sort of list of what I had to pay each month. Um, and then they said, look, right, you've got this amount of money left. Um, and the rest of the money will pay to all of your 10 payday loan companies. Um, silly me again, got more payday loans when I was paying off um, step change. Um, then eventually, three and a half years ago, I went to um, Gamblers Anonymous um, in Coventry um, because I was just totally out of control. Um, I was gambling, literally, I would wake up in the morning at six o'clock and I would fall asleep at 11 o'clock, half 11 at night with my phone in my hands on gambling sites. Um, this was as well as holding on a, a full-time job, having a girlfriend, um, doing everything really, but still gambling. So, luckily enough, after going to Gamblers Anonymous three and a half years ago, I have um, not had a bet since, um, which is obviously positive. Um, I'm not saying gambling is wrong, because people there are people out there which are controlled. Unfortunately, I wasn't controlled. Um, so, it's just really a... A warning really if if you are gambling um make sure you are in control because you can get out of control quite quickly and the problem with gambling is is if you're on drugs someone can see you on drugs if you're on if you if you're drunk someone can see you drunk but when you've lost money or you're a gambler you can look perfect if somebody looks you in the eye so it's, it's almost like a silent, like a silent, silent illness. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. So again, we've again we touched on shirts and things like that. Um, I think Miles is right, and if you should be given the choice of a shirt, if you want a, gamb a, a, a gambling sponsor on your shirt, then you have a gambling sponsor. If you don't, you don't. Really, the gambling companies, to be honest, have got a lot of money, so they are actually investing and giving clubs a lot of money um one way i sort of look at it is if the way i wear a shirt now with the gambling sponsors on is if if i had a football shirt on and it said um land rover i wouldn't buy land rover or if it adds um you know b and q i wouldn't mm. go to b and q that's the way i sort of look at it but i think a lot of football fans do need that choice you should be given the choice of having a shirt with or without um there's too much um too much of it on the tv like every time you turn the telly on there's like adverts adverts on or if you're watching even if you're watching the darts the commentators will say well the odds are this the odds are that i don't think that really needs to be on be on the telly 
Um, but it's just a, a word of warning, really, that if you are gambling and you are sort of out of control, then and seek help before, because before you know it, you, your life will be totally out of control. Did it, did it, how did it affect your relationship? Did anybody know? Did you try and keep it secret? Did you? Um, my girlfriend knew at the very beginning, um, but no, she didn't really know what was happening. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't show her um, my online banking, yeah. um, so I was gambling. If you if you see my uh, bank account, it was mm. literally all it was was payday loans yeah. coming in. Um, and then it was just uh, money going out to the betting companies. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't shame my girlfriend for years and years. Um, so I was just lying all the time. Um, I would gamble anywhere. I was gambling at weddings. I was gambling at funerals. I was just neglecting everything. So it's, it's just really warning, really, that I'm not telling people not to gamble because... There are a lot of people out there that can actually gamble responsibly, but it can it can take over your life. Um, luckily enough, um, I went to like, like I said, Gamblers Anonymous, and I go two hours a week or four hours a week, and them hours two or, two or four hours a week can basically save your life. Because before you know it, you will you will be totally out of control. It's forget about all the money you've lost. The way I look at it, with gambling, forget all the money you've lost and just start again. You can easily get money back. You end up chasing your losses, don't you? Yeah, you end up chasing your losses. Um, there's just no point to it. Basically, you end up winning. Um, your girlfriend or your partner probably knows you gamble, so when you win the money. Mm-hmm. You'll hide the money, or you'll waste it. Yeah. Uh, you'll lose it again. Um, you can get you can get your family back and things like that. But uh, sorry, you can get money back, but things like your family and that you can't get back. So just be very careful when it when it comes to gambling. And, and when you went to the um, gamblers anonymous, were there many people there with you? Or, I mean, yeah, I mean to be honest, everyone thinks of like a gamblers anonymous meeting as um, 60, 70 year old blokes really? um, going to the meetings but it's nothing like that at all you go to these meetings and yeah. there's, there's people of all different ages sexes um, people in high jobs um, so there's a lot of people out there that is, they're probably gambling now and the only real way of getting yourself out of the mess or sort of stopping yourself from gambling is going to these meetings you can go to therapies um get professional help but the problem with getting professional help and things like therapies is you're not actually speaking to gamblers you're speaking Mm. to sort of you're speaking to people who are sort of just there to listen and help yeah the only real way of getting out of, of gambling is by attending meetings um and if you're consistently going to these meetings once, twice a week, then you've got a very high percentage of never gambling again. And and how do you feel now after you've been to the meetings? Do you feel you know you're not tempted to go back at all? No, I've since day one I've never really been sort of tempted to to bet again. I wouldn't say it doesn't. You can't stop thinking about gambling. 
because you were gam- I was gambling for probably 25 years, but I'm, I'm not tempted at all. Um, the thing is, when you go to meetings and things like that, they'll they'll give you numbers. So if you are tempted to gamble, then then give someone a call. But to be honest, it, it's just not worth it's not worth gambling. You'll you'll win a bit of money, and then the next day you'll lose it, and then what the thing with gambling is you have to take each day as one so it's all about getting through today and then tomorrow get through tomorrow if you let if you let it slip and have one little gamble because i won't gamble on anything i won't gamble on a lottery i won't gamble on a raffle not even a raffle nothing at all nothing at all i won't gamble on anything so if you ever have a a little bet on a lottery ticket or whatever then you have a little win um, mm. you're then probably going to have a bet again and before you know it you're back into the mess so it just really isn't worth I'm not saying like I said I'm not saying don't gamble because people can gamble responsibly but just be um, very mindful if you are if you are gambling a lot of money because it really isn't worth it and if you do win the key is to walk away isn't it the key it's is hard. to walk away I, I, I do sort of respect these people that can have their almost mm. um, five pounds accumulators at the end of the week and sort of that's it they can stop but I mean you go out sometimes I sit and have a drink and I see someone standing at a fruit machine pumping the money in that machine yeah I'm thinking to myself you work so hard for that money and all you're doing is literally throwing it into a machine and you're working for nothing you're working for nothing basically and it was costing me when I was gambling. I'd get twenty pounds, and I'd get all the change in pound coins, and I've spent a pint that's cost me twenty quid. So it's amazing how quickly you can turn your life around. I mean, I'm I, I'm now debt free. I'm saving money. I've got I can anything I want. I can buy. The only way you're ever going to get money, realistically, is by hard work. Mm. Um, yes, there are people out there that will win. Um, money here and there, but how many times do then people actually tell you when they lose? So yeah. they might you might see something. Oh, I've won two grand on the accumulator. <laughs> yeah, very good. You won two grand on the accumulator, but what about all the losses you've had? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Miles, did you want to add to that? Yeah, I'll just. I mean, just. Was there anything that uh, sort of triggered it? Was there anything in your life at the time? I know you started when you were very young, but was there anything when you started um, gambling uh, a lot? Was there anything that triggered that to make you want to do it? Was you unhappy in life? Was there anything that you know, really triggered it? I think to start with, um, my dad was a gambler from like, when he was when he was a when he was younger and things like that. So obviously he he gambled and I think because he was gambling and we were going into arcades and things like that, then I think that sort of made me gamble as well. I'm not saying he was the problem, um, but it's also almost like an escapism. So a lot of the time I was on my own. Like my, my two brothers would have like girlfriends and Sometimes I'll be at home and things like that. So it's almost like an escapism to sort of give you something to give you something to do or to get you away from things. So when I was gambling, 
especially on things like um, online or um, on the fixed odds terminals, you you're in almost a zone like you're literally gambling away, and it, it gets to an extent really when you're gambling is it's it's not all about the money. Sometimes it's it's just a thrill of gambling. Even if you're losing money, it's just it's just a thrill. Sometimes I was more happier with having no money in the bank than having thousands of pounds in the bank. Because when I had a thousand pounds in the bank, I knew that that thousand pounds could quite quickly um, go into, go to the bookies within sort of hours. So yeah, it's I think it was a lot of the time due to being on my own and sort of being bored. That's why if you do stop gambling, you need to take something up which is going to fill that void like a lot of people will throw themselves into work um, some people will like go to the gym um, but you, if you if you're stopping gambling and you were gambling like me literally almost 24 7 there's a massive void in your day so what you want to do is try and keep yourself as busy as possible um, to prevent yourself from having that next bet And um, when when you're at the uh, Gamblers Anonymous, I mean, what 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 sort of things do you talk about? How 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 did Gamblers Gamblers Anonymous um, help you out? How did how did they support you? How did they help you out? You go to the meetings, and the meetings are just you'll just sit in a up a circle and you'll just you they'll just go around basically and ask people how they are um the, the thing about gamblers anonymous and things like that it's not all about um gambling like you'll go to meetings and they'll help you out about things in life so a lot of things in life can fall can trigger gambling so you'll go to the meeting and you'll i don't know you might have an issue with your job or you might have an issue with it there's so much more experience in that room than sort of just being on your own. So everyone's there to help you. Um, it sounds bad, but when you go to meetings and things like that, the best thing to do, the best thing in the meeting is when somebody comes in and you've never seen them before because you'll see somebody and they'll just be a white, as white as a ghost and they'll tell their story like I'm telling my story. And it basically just hits home how how bad it can get, how bad your life can get with gambling. So it's it's good you meet you meet friends. Like I said, it's it's nothing like people would think. It's like I said, people that have this perception of what it's like, but it is nothing like that at all. Everyone's there to help you, and if you've got thirty people in the room telling you what you, you're doing something wrong. Then you really need to be listening to that, that them people in the room because they're obviously giving you some sound advice. Okay, well, um, some fascinating views there about gambling, and uh, I didn't really um, have to ask many questions because Danny covered most of it himself, to be honest, one in depth. And um, I think some shocking, shocking, um, shocking things there that were said, uh, and really. Um, you know, as he said, um, people don't realise how, how 
what an addiction it is. It's a silent, it's a silent drug, if you like, uh, affects your life, affects your relationship. Uh, and people don't know if you're a gambler. They can't tell by the look of you. Uh, they can probably tell if you're drunk or they're on drugs. Or, but you say you can't tell anybody if they're a gambler at all by, by looking at them. Uh, and then unless you know them and you know them personally and you know what they do with all their money and stuff, then 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 you you know it's it's a silent it's a silent and Danny's right, it's a silent killer and it, it affects your life uh, in a in a very bad way. Uh, thanks very much, Danny, for coming uh, and sharing your views. Um, fascinating insight to it, and I'm glad you're um, gambling free now and uh, you can. Um, Spend your money on all the Cov City shirts and stuff. Thank like you. <laughs> Six hundred quid on Cov City shirts, Danny. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. And thanks very much, Miles, for your um, you. your efforts tonight mate, as well. Mate, mate, maybe, mate, maybe we could run a poll on um, what fans think about having the the advertising on the yeah. shirt and then not on the shirt, and maybe send send the results off to the club. Yeah, definitely, because. Um, I think out there, I think, I know we know Danny now because he's opened up about it, but I, I bet there's a few more people we all probably know yeah. that don't know, that we don't know that are scambles. No. You know, and they keep it secret and, and it, it affects them privately, but we don't know, you know, they're, they're too scared to come out, or if you like, or do anything about it. Um, and then they're the sort of people that need support. Um, and we don't, as I say, it's a killer because you don't realise, you're looking at people, you don't realise they're probably... You know, addicted to gambling. I, I mean, I, th I think when you look at when you look around the room where we are now up, upstairs in the Sky Blue Tavern, there's there's shirts on all the walls, and I think this this the last couple of years is the first time we've ever had a, a gambling sponsor on our shirts. We've yeah. done really well. We've had local businesses. We have we've looking around. Builders, car cars. Um, um, you know, CityLink. Yeah, CityLink. But I can't remember the last. Is that the first gambling company we run, is it? This or is the first gambling... Well, no, we had uh, Gala Bingo, didn't we? Oh, we had Gala Bingo, yeah. Granada yeah, yeah. Bingo. Granada oh, Bingo. Oh, that's but, the FA Cup year, wasn't it? Yeah. More of a bingo but, company. But really, that, that was Bingo, I, I don't think... Which is a form of gambling, but it I is. suppose it's not as not as bad as uh, like a bookmaker, if you like. No, but when you look around the room and you look, look at these shirts, I mean, it's amazing that we, we've kept away from all of that, really. Yeah. When a lot of other clubs have had spot gambling sponsors for a few years now yeah quite agree and uh well hopefully uh, when everybody listens back to this uh, that they'll uh, take note and maybe anybody they know or may know of who is a gambler they could uh, probably get get them to advise them to get them some help and uh, try and um solve the issue as soon as possible before it gets out of hand Right, we're going to about wrap it up now. I think I'm just going to remind you of the competition. It's gone on a bit longer than uh, anticipated, but it was fascinating uh, insight. I'm sure you agree. Uh, just remind you of the competition we've got on running. It's going to be launched tomorrow. You've got a chance to win a, a, a Hummel CCFC home top, uh, the size of your choice. Uh, that's going to be the first prize. Second prize is going to be £25 bar tab for here at the tavern. So you can spend on food and drink, whatever you like. And then third prize, we're going to shove in a Skyview fans mug so you can uh, sit at home and have your cup of coffee or whatever with. Uh, so there's three chances to win. Um, it'll be all available on the socials tomorrow and all the terms and conditions how you can enter. Um, so uh, stay tuned to that. You can uh, find us obviously on Instagram, Facebook and um, and Twitter obviously. Um, 
Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm just about to say thank you very much for the Scarborough Tavern, who's let us use our sponsors, of course, this year, who uh, let us use our facilities here up at the Scarborough Tavern upstairs. And uh, till next time, uh, it's a very good evening to you all. Good evening, Miles, and good, good evening, evening, Danny. Good thank evening. you. Cheers. Play up Sky Blues. Play up Sky Blues. Fans TV for the fans by the fans.